Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Joining me this afternoon for a special F1 episode is Jason Martinez. Jason is a Philly radio host and uh, my favorite hockey host. So it's uh, nice to have kind of my my racing world, my my hockey world co- uh, combining right here. So Jason, first off, Ben, thanks for joining. How you doing? Doing good, man. It's um. It's like two worlds colliding, but no, you know, drive-through penalty, <laughs> which is cool. Uh, but I'm so excited because, like, I'm I'm chomping at the bit to talk about some racing. And I'm so excited for this weekend. It was it was funny. So for those wondering, well, how how do you how did you find Jason? Well, first off, Jason covers the Flyers, and obviously, as a Flyers fan, I I listen. But I was in the car for no more than two minutes driving to CVS to pick up something for my wife. And I heard you on, it was like a Saturday afternoon. And you said F1 is starting, drive to survive is starting. And I got home and I was sitting at my desk here and I was like, did he, did he say formula one? Did I hear right? First time I've ever heard that on Philly radio. (laughs) Nobody, nobody at Philly talks about formula one and nobody on Philly's uh, radio talks about racing at all. I'm like, you know what? Let me just send a tweet. So obviously here we are. How did you get into Formula One? And, you know, has that been your 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 racing of choice most of your life? No. I mean, I, I, when I was younger, I got into NASCAR for a bit, and then it just kind of faded on me. But I've always been, I've always been an IndyCar fan. Yeah. Um, and I never really followed Formula One. And then th- that Netflix show, Drive to Survive, came out a couple of years ago, and I watched it. And I've always been like fascinated, right, with cars and the whole thing. Yeah. And and muscle, I was a big muscle car guy when I was younger. You know, my brother had a, a '69 Nova SS. You know, the whole thing. So I've always been, you know, fascinated with power and all that stuff. And I, I just, I was like, let me check this show out. And there was a lot of drama, obviously, in it, and they probably, you know, drum it up even more sure. for this show. But um, you know, the onboards and everything. And I just started like kind of getting into it. And then when the season started, I just started watching races and. Then it's got its hooks. It's just got its hooks in me, and I can't get enough of it. And I think the sport does such a good job of, first of all, educating people that you know. When I first got into it, I didn't know a lot, but educating people on you know every element, you know, because I mean the the terminology they use when you first watch it, you're kind of like, well, what's a diffuser, you know, <laughs> or you know, an air box. You kind of understand what an air box is, but yeah. you know, or you know, when they say the floor is damaged, what the hell does that mean? So they really do a good job of educating you and then they do a great job like through their social media channels and pushing out videos and, and onboards and, you know, all kinds of team radio. And I think they just do a good job and and they managed to get their hooks like fully into me and I can't get enough of it now. So, I mean, I, during the whole off season since, you know, the last race ended and, and now as we're on, you know, ready to embark on this, what's going to be a crazy season, I think, um, I've been watching old races, and I mean almost every day because I have the F1 TV yeah. app, and, and and they have old races going back into the '80s. So I watch all the classics, and you know, in my phone, there's a one of the web browsers that's open is the 100 Greatest Races, and I just check them off. <laughs> so it's I mean I've never seen them before, so they're all new to me, right? So it really hasn't been an off season for me. <laughs> yeah, that's I I haven't done that as much as I would like, but the F1. The F1 TV app, if, if you guys don't have it by now, is is one of the must-have apps for, totally for legit. any racing fan. So let me ask you a quick question because you touched on something that Matt and I touched on in our IndyCar episode the other day was 
IndyCar doesn't really do a good job of marketing and F1 does really good at educating, you know, the the casual fan to become, you know, somebody now who's watching old races, you know, essentially every day of the off season. So what about F1 and and its current season are you A most excited about and, and B are they continuing to do a good job? And and is there anything more you'd like to see them do to, to keep bringing in new fans? Well, I mean, for like this season coming up, I'm, I'm just so excited because it's, you know, last year was so disjointed. You know, Australia got canceled at the drop of a dime. Had Just like everything, we, didn't, we had no idea when anything was coming back and, you know, when the guys would get back and fans and all that stuff. And it was a shortened season. So, you know, we missed out on some some tracks that we love to watch. I'm not a huge Monaco fan, but I like it's still a good race, you know. Um, but so we missed out on Monaco. We missed out on, you know, some some tracks that we usually see with like France, and we got two at Austria, which is awesome because I love Austria. But there's a lot of tracks we can get to see. So I can't wait to get those back on the calendar. Not to mention, I, I love, by the way, Austin too. This is a great track, and a new track this year, which I think is really cool, and a new street circuit, which is in Saudi Arabia, which is going to be. The fastest street circuit. It's long. It's going to be. It looks like there's going to be a lot of overtaking. So, I'm really excited about it from that standpoint. As far as you know, what they can do to maybe reach more people is maybe just in the states, kind of do some. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. targeting you know targeted you know infiltration to get to people and they do a good job on facebook but that's only if you like them right or you've shown some interest but i I think more people would be fans here if and maybe another american race in somewhere like chicago or something like that like the street race like the streets of chicago like how crazy would that be you know something like that that. yeah especially there was like the rumored new york one i don't think miami would be too exciting 
based on the, the the track layout I saw, but yeah, I saw that as well. I I, I didn't love it, but I, I mean, you got one already in the South in Texas in Austin. So, you know, do one like in the Midwest or something that's easy for people to get to. You have Canada, too, which is cool, Montreal. But um, and that's an old track. But, you know, come up with something new and in and, and on this side in, in North America. And I think it would it would grow even further because it's an opulent party. And it's just fascinating the science behind the whole thing. I'm going to put my vote in for Indianapolis. Obviously, I think Matt and I have said that like 100 times in, in the past six months since a bunch of the F1 guys were there for the Indy 500 at, at, in last, what was it, last August. But first off, have you been to Austin, the the track? No, I've never been to a race yet. Um, I, I wanted to go last year, just obviously we couldn't. Um, I'm trying to plan one this year, but I, I was thinking about going to Montreal in June, but I just, this might be funny to say, but I don't know if the Flyers will be still playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right now they're on the outside looking in, but yeah. So I have to consider that element of it as well. And then uh, Austin, I think, is in. Um, I'm trying to remember off the top October, of my head. November. Yeah, and then the Flyers are back in season then, so that'll be a tough one. That's a tough putt for me as well. But uh, I'm going to get to one for sure because I, I have to see it in person. I really do. I, I have yet to see an F1 race in person, but I've been to Austin for IndyCar, and that facility is just top-notch. Everything about it is amazing. Yeah, it's a really cool track, too. There's just some really tight turns, and yeah. the S's section is awesome. And, you know, there's some high speed, too. I love the fact that turn one is on an incline. Like, that's, to me, awesome. Yeah, one of my favorite tracks. So, you know, looking at, at this year from your standpoint, and I'm, I'm curious for, for your take. So obviously testing was at this point two weekends ago and Mercedes wasn't so good. You put any stock into that or you just kind of like, listen, it's Mercedes. They'll figure it out in 13 days and they're still going to wipe the floor with most teams. in well, the season starts. That's the million dollar question, right? Or maybe even like a billion dollar question when you're talking about Formula <laughs> One. Um, I do put some stock into it. I don't think that they were sandbagging because of the new regulations, and especially with the floor and the downforce. And you saw like Lewis Hamilton spinning a ton. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think he's a guy that like wants to feel the car, right? He's such a perfectionist. He, he's a bit of an a-hole too, because he's so competitive, right? <laughs> he, he's sore loser, but that's what drives him. And I, I do put some stock in it. I don't know if their car is going to be as dominant as it was last year i mean last year they, the power unit was just ridiculous off the charts the car handled better than any other car it wasn't even close the yeah. fact that you know they even they didn't win a couple races was more self-inflicted wounds than it was the vehicle right um especially when you look at monza and what happened when gasly won because he went into the pit lane so there i do put some stock into it and i do put some stock into the fact that red bull's coming out of the testing period with a far different car than they had last year. I mean, that car last year was a, a nightmare to drive in the beginning of the year. They tweaked it through the year. But the fact that I, I think the best driver on the grid is Max Verstappen, like pound for pound in equal cars, and the fact that his car looked the best as well, you know, with him and Sergio Perez, I think they can do some some real damage. So I, I do put some stock into it, and I think Mercedes is vulnerable, especially at the beginning of the season. And I will never forget Hamilton stomping up to race control in Monza last year during the red flag when when he didn't get his way. And yeah, so kind of brings me to a point of obviously, you know, Verstappen is is a title contender this year. 
who are from on a driver level or a team level who are you personally rooting for uh i root for red bull okay uh, you know i know a lot of people like when they come in new to a sport they'll grab onto the best team i didn't grab onto mercedes like for like you just don't know like certain things hit you right yeah like in your gut you like you got oh i like this guy and having like kind of been exposed to max and just the attitude and the i don't give an f kind of thing like i'm gonna be me and and my car's wider than yours and i'm bold and the outside passes at certain tracks where you go that doesn't happen ever well it does when he's driving because he's got stones that big enough to carry the dump truck so you know there, there's a guy that i identify with i did not like albon i thought he was too passive um I love the addition of Perez on that team, but some other teams that I look at for some reason, like racing point and, you know, since Lauren Stroll has ownership of the team, like he's a brash guy. And I kind of like that. He's kind of like, you know, I'm going to push it. And I know there were some issues last year with the, the regulations and it was just the a pink Mercedes, but I think he's a guy that's pushing in the right direction as well. And I'm really intrigued to see Daniel Ricardo in a McLaren after what McLaren did last year. Cause they, Zach Brown did a good job in, in kind of reviving McLaren a bit. And they're I think they're an important team and constructor. So um, Ricardo leaving Renault and going to McLaren after the way, you know, their second half of the season, they were good. Yeah. And that car was fast. And I thought they were good in testing too. And he's a world-class driver. And he's at that point in his career now where it's like, I got to really put my stamp down. And I think that's why he left Renault. So uh, I'm really interested to see what Ricardo is going to look like in that Renault. Or in the rather than McLaren, I I agree. I think McLaren was definitely the most impressive testing team. And you hit on a point that that I wanted to bring up as we as we wrap things up here. Lauren Stroll, the first episode of season three of Drive to Survive. I've not. I don't think I've ever been intimidated by watching a Netflix show before. But that yeah. like just seeing him and the way he conducts himself, commanding. And he's. I'm scared. Like I don't. I don't want to come across him unless I'm interviewing him on Zoom in person and ever make him angry. Yeah, he, he's a guy that is real serious, right? And, you know, guys that have all that money, the one thing they can't usually buy is, like, sports success. Yeah. You, like, you can throw money at it, but it has to be thrown properly. And he's driven. The fact that his son drives for the team, too, I think is obviously a huge part of it. And, you know, everybody screams nepotism because he has his son in Formula. His son's a good driver. <laughs> he had every advantage in the world to become a good driver through karting and everything else, but he's right. a good driver. So, uh, you know, he is, he's a guy that when he walks by, he's just got like an air of confidence, you know, that just permeates from him. And he's got that white hair. He's an intimidating big man. And I think that he's got the stones to push the envelope to, to bring that team to a whole new level. And, I, you know, they were fast last year and they were fast in testing. So it'll be interesting to see what they're able to accomplish this year too. Obviously, there's a lot of luck involved too. Sure, you know as you go and and development in season. But that team, they're not going to be anything from a lack of finances. That's not an issue. I mean, that guy's loaded. So they're that's going to be another interesting one to watch. You know, a guy I really liked. Like I love George Russell. Yes, it's just a shame sure. he's he's running for Williams um, at this point. He'll yeah. get in that Mercedes eventually. But I mean, he's just such a likable guy, right? I mean, so chill. Lando Norris is another guy I really like. I mean, he's a kid, and he's so he's such a good driver too. So th those guys, I think, are are good for the sport too. and marketing it. You know, young guys like that. Yep. I mean, the yeah. future is like the sport. I think is in incredible hands when you look at some of the young drivers. Yeah, there's so many. 
I mean, you can point to half the field as, as good young drivers. And I like George Russell. I know it's a shame I, he's stuck on Williams. Although Williams didn't look terrible in testing, which would be better. Yeah. I mean, Haas is definitely at the very, very back of the grid. Yeah. Yeah. They're a gong show right now. <laughs> they yes. are and an underdeveloped car. Um, and they don't have the, the amount of funding and, I don't. I don't know. I mean, they're going to be at the back of the qualifying field. It's going to be, you know, those two guys at, at the back of the field, and it's a shame because you're looking at a, a legendary name in Mick Schumacher that's driving that car. But that's just going to be a stepping stone for him, right? You know, AlphaTauri was another team I was kind of impressed with at practice too. Yeah, and Gasly, like I was never really sure of him as a driver. What he did at Monza was a little bit of circumstance, but he also ran a really good race. And I, to me, I, I think he's a better driver than I thought he was. And Sonoda is is really interesting. Like he had the glory lap, right? But I mean, less fuel probably in the car than anybody. The soft at sires, but still a young guy that's going to bring a lot of excitement. We'll see. And I mean, I guess the big question though is, you know, what's going to happen with Ferrari? So, oh yeah, we could we could make fun of Ferrari for for days on this show. And yeah, Gasly, I think the Monza race was a huge turning point in his career because the second half of the year then. He yep. looked like a much more confident driver. He's he's looked good in testing. That team looked good in testing. Sonoda, I think, is probably well. I don't want to ruin my predictions for tomorrow on on our rookie of the year question, but he's probably going to be the rookie of the year by default because he's going against two Haas drivers. And you know, no offense to them, but it's not really their fault. So wrap it up. Uh, with that, Jason, I appreciate a, a couple minutes of your time to talk some some F1. Definitely keep in touch throughout the season. We'll have to do another one of these at some point and, and maybe partway through the year and um, bring the Flyers some luck tonight. Well, I'm going to try to, but there's not much I can do to help them. I've been trying to help, but I haven't been much of a help. But I can't wait. Bahrain this weekend, it's going to be absolutely sick. Then we're going – I mean, we're going back to uh, – uh, another a second Italian race again, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah, and you know Portugal's back on the this year. I mean, there, there's so many cool races. I just can't wait for the season to start. I'm chomping at the bit. I'll be watching practice uh, all weekend and getting ready and quali, and, and I can't wait for it to start. Yeah, I'm. I the calendar this year is as good as it could be. With I, I wish Bahrain was the outer loop because that was super cool last year to see. Yeah. Uh, for those listening. Uh, Matt and I will also be doing a live show on Twitch and YouTube live, kind of like pre-race right before the race Sunday morning. So tune into that and we'll, we'll be hanging out doing some preview stuff. I'll have some graphics drawn up for that, but Jason, man, I, I appreciate the time hundred percent and stay safe and, uh, look forward to talking again soon. Sounds good, Mike. Everybody enjoy the race. Enjoy the season. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. 
Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run, where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 